1: Let's head out to the wadeford.com t- uh, Wade hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Gabe Burns. He, of course, one of the feature writers for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out his work on Twitter, at Gabe Burns AJC. Gabe, as always, man, thanks for a, a few minutes here this evening. And, you know, I was talking about this the other night. Do you think that second base is becoming a more important trade target Considering kind of what we're seeing out of Cano or slowing down, has that position suddenly kind of come more into play
2: instead of just waiting out for Ozzy to come back? I think it's a need, but when you stack it against other things, I would still have it lower on the list. So, look, I mean, let's just – let's be honest. When you're signing Robbie Cano um, in 2022, I mean, that's not great. Uh, so you're looking at, they're just trying, they're trying to get to Ozzy but maybe, you know, you do see there's light at the end of the tunnel there. When I look at the outfield situation now without Duvall, which I'm sure we'll get to, and then you look at the rotation. I just think that ultimately those are bigger needs to get where this team wants to go because you do expect Ozzy back and just given the way this lineup is. Given what you have, I mean, you have to just keep trying to get by at second base, and that's what you have to do. That being said, if an option presented itself, if you could go out and get a guy, and I just use this as an example, but a guy like Whit Merrifield, he could play in the outfield and he can play second base. If you could go out and get somebody of that ilk, I think that makes a lot of sense. But if we're we're kind of doing an either-or thing or realistically, how much can they address, I would still have second base lower.
1: So blame me because uh, last night I did a whole segment on how the Braves should go out and make a run at Ben Benintendi. He fits all these things, blah, 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 blah. And of course, at 1030, he got traded to the Yankees. Um, so I'm at fault for all that because I spoke all the good of him. But we obviously know outfield. At this point, it's look, Braves aren't trading for Soto or anything crazy. But the market, I don't think, is all that great right now. Ben Benintendi seemed like an, an ideal fit. Is it just kind of? Trying to find somebody to plug in? Do they want a legitimate starter? Like, How do you handle that now, especially when one of the you know better guys that was on the market is already gone?
2: You know, it's interesting. I didn't think that, and I don't know uh, how involved they were with Ben Intendi. Uh, they have not been among the many teams that were mentioned. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I was kind of surprised at what he ended up going for. It really wasn't that much, considering he was one of the better options available on the market. You know, I think really the best prospect the Yankees gave up is the Sycamore kid, the pitcher, who, you know, he could be a nice player, but he wasn't even a top 15 prospect for them. So I found that to be pretty interesting. I I think that ultimately I think that given what this team is probably going to be willing to spend prospect-wise, you're probably looking at a more modest, if it's a rental or a platoon guy, that type of player here. Uh, I don't think they necessarily need an everyday guy unless it's just you know i mean again everyone would love to have a brian reynolds right but i just don't think they're they're going to be that deep into the market or be that you know involved in a bidding war i know we talk about starters people talk about Luis castillo i just i i I can't see that but but with rentals with kind of a more modest look san francisco struggling um i know jock peterson is someone that we keep bringing up bring him back Uh, I didn't see them selling. Given the way things are going now, maybe that changes. Uh, I still think that makes sense. But, I mean, it would be someone, and Jock is kind of obviously at the higher end of that mold, who's just an all-star, but someone where you can kind of, you're comfortable, you can plug in. That's why I kind of bring up Merrifield. Again, that's just a kind of speculation and me throwing somebody out there because you can move him around and he can help you out in a number of ways.
0: Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Here on the Wadeford.com hotlines, we talk some Braves baseball. And you know, Gabe, it also makes me wonder how many moves, the, the, the quantity of moves, because to your point, you know, they really have, I mean, and I'm not against this, they've kind of pillaged a lot of their minor league system. Now, doesn't mean they don't have guys available, but, you know, when you've moved on from Pache and Waters and Langoliers and guys, you know, there there does come a point where you only have so many guys that are of, of valued commodity to make all these different moves. You think that they're getting a little bit limited on the idea of, you know, okay, we need an outfielder, we need a second baseman, we need a starter, we need a reaver. All right, well, do you have enough capital throughout your minor system to make all those moves happen?
2: Well, here's what I'll say. They're limited in the sense that, like I said, I don't think that they're going to be able to – win bidding wars for a Luis Castillo or a Brian Reynolds, because then you're talking about Spencer Strider and that type of younger player who obviously they're not going to move. However, um, Alex has made multiple trades at three of the four deadlines that he's had the opportunity. If you'll remember this, (laughs) he took on money to get Martin Melanson. He took on money to get Eddie Rosario. This team, we see what Truist Park is like every single night. This team should have some flexibility payroll wise, and that perhaps that you know helps them add another player instead of you know paying a higher prospect cost. So that's an aspect of it. And if you look back at the deadline last year, what he, what he gives, I mean you, I mean most people, even if you follow it relatively closely, probably couldn't tell you anyone besides maybe Bryce Wilson that they gave up last year. Mm-hmm. So. From that sense, they can still give up these guys. They have some guys in the lower minors that maybe some teams would identify and like. And you can go get a guy like Corey Solaire at you know a smaller cost like that. So it's limiting in the sense that I think it might limit their options. They can't really go big game hunting. But they've found ways to make their team better at kind of – moderate prospect costs and they have they should have everyone's favorite term financial flexibility they should have that as well so i think that that at least keeps their options open enough but they could make multiple trades if, if the deal is right
1: gabe is uh ronnie's struggles is it just you're in one of those funks like every baseball player goes through over the course of the season or is there something physically or mentally or something? I mean, it's just, you know, he, look, they got to get him cranked up and going and Dansby seems to be, you know, getting in back in the groove a little bit, but they got to figure out Ronnie and obviously had a day off the other day. Got to figure out how to get him back on track.
2: Yeah, they do. I, I mean, I can't speak. All I can tell you is what he would tell you and what they would tell you. And there isn't an indication that it's a physical thing. I think, I think it could be at least partially that from the standpoint of mentally and physically, you know, he's coming back from a serious injury. And it's not like it's been a smooth return for him. He's had minor injuries. He's had little things here and there as he's trying to work his way back. So I think all of that plays a role, especially when you're a guy like him, you're going to press a little bit. I I just think it all kind of adds up. I'm not sure that there's one answer. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to say the obvious, they need him to get going. Uh, he has some time to do it here, but we're we're about in August now, and it you know it hasn't been the season that he was hoping for. It hasn't been the season production wise that they were hoping for. So, but it would be huge for them, obviously, down the stretch if they could get hot when they're uh, you know have, they have all these games with the Mets coming up.
1: Gabe Burns from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution joining us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. So, look, I understand this is going to be hypothetical, but, you know, they did hit Michael Harris at the leadoff spot the other day. If Ronnie continues to struggle, is it time to have some conversations about changing him up in the order? You can't have a guy, Gabe, every night going 0 for 5 with a strikeout and just not getting on base in that spot. And I'm not telling you Harris is the long-term answer, but y- 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 there has to be some kind of conversation about whether or not just trotting Ronnie out there for the sake of putting him in the leadoff spot because it's just what we have to do. I mean, is anybody willing to have that conversation?
2: You know, Smith always said that you know Acuna like, is a natural leadoff hitter now, and after he moved him, you know, temporarily a few years ago, he said, "I'm not. I'm not doing that again." But. When you see him struggling the way he has for as long as he has now, and you have a guy like Harris, who's you know a logical uh, alternative at that spot. I mean, they were talking about how they felt like they had two lead officers, right? Uh, that was the thing when you know when you had Acuna and and Harris at the bottom there. So, look, I mean, of course, if it continues, then I think they should consider everything. Um, but at the same time, like, I'm not totally convinced that. That, that would be possible. I, I just, I don't know, because Smith has always been so firm about opinion being a leadoff hitter. But are we talking another two weeks of this, or we're talking another three weeks of this? Does not reach a point that you're getting closer to the postseason and you just need to kind of figure out what you're going to do here when these games really start to matter? Because, you know, you're going to be playing a you're playing a wild card series against the San Diego Padres or something. I mean, because you said a couple of years ago you were never going to move Acuna out of the leadoff spot. I mean, what are we doing here, right? So I, I can't rule anything out. Uh, I would just say it really – it'll be determined by what is able to kind of figure out in these next few weeks.
1: So last question, and again, I know this is kind of hypothetical, but let's say the Braves do keep Dansby. I think obviously he's shown – okay, he's now our guy at the top of the order in, in the two spot. Ozzy's a guy who's too good of a run producer. Let's keep him in that. So where do you hit Harris? I mean, do you, do you take a guy of that skill and ability and just keep him at the bottom of the order? Or do you have to find a spot at the top of the order for him? I mean, that's, that's what I'm curious about is long-term, what do they profile? Now, if Dansby leaves, that's a pretty easy conversation. But if Dansby stays, that thing about where we profile Harris is going to be interesting.
2: It's actually, you know, it's not something um, I have put a ton of thought in. I think that's a really good question as far as looking ahead and thinking about it. Given this lineup's construction, when you have Acuna and you have Dansby and then you have Riley's power, you have Ozzy's power, just given the ability of this lineup, I don't hate still having him lower like that. Uh, especially once you, now that you have the DH, it's kind, of, it's obviously a game changer and it's it's a lot different. For the National League offensively now. So honestly, like, I'm, I'm pretty open-minded about all of it. Uh, but for right now, I would probably say lower because, again, when we're talking about if Dansby stays, just look at the top of the lineup. Cunha's not going to play like this the rest of his career, of course. Um, you know, obviously a multi-time All-Star, and, you know, he'll be an MVP candidate again soon, we all assume. Riley is, of course, you know, perhaps the best player on the team. Ozzy's going to give you more power than you know most of your second basemen. So, I mean, when you're just looking at the way that the lineup is going to be constructed, I think there's certainly a case to have Harris down there and kind of have another table setter at the bottom there. And it's kind of a luxury that a lot of teams wouldn't have. And, you know, when you have as many options as the Braves have, you can kind of do some different things.
1: Well, I guess we got to get through this year first, right? We'll, we'll, worry, about, yeah. <laughs> we'll worry, about, worry about the future when the future hits. Follow him on Twitter at Gabe Burns AJC. Uh, adc.com is where you check out all of his work, and of course, join us here on the waitfor.com hotline. Uh, Gabe, as always, man, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for a few minutes tonight, and uh, we'll chat again soon.
2: Yeah, sure thing.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?